get to the fact that we have been freed from sin. Because we have to be redeemed from sin and death. For all of us, as we said in Ephesians, uh, the scripture says, all mankind is uh, dead in trespasses and sins. And so God has to redeem us from that. So in Christ, not only are our sins forgiven, but also we have been freed from sin. It's important that we get freed from sin because what's the point of having your sins forgiven and your nature doesn't get changed, you just continue in sin all the time. Um, and so one of the truths that are taught to us in Scripture is that in Christ we have in fact been freed from sin. Romans chapter 6 verse 7 to 10 says, For he who has died has been freed from sin. Verse 10. For the death that he died, talking of Jesus, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And so, <clears throat> in Christ, believers have in fact been freed from sins. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, the scripture tells us very plainly, he who has died has been freed from sin. And so most believers understand that truth as it pertains to the, the saints that go that die in Christ and go to heaven. Because most believers recognize very plainly there is no sin in heaven. And so they all long for the day that they will die and they will be completely free from sin because they'll be in heaven and there's no sin there and so they'll walk in righteousness. Well, that's true, but that's not all of the truth because the scripture says, he who has died has been freed from sin. It doesn't say he who has died and gone to heaven has been freed from sin. So you say, well, what does that mean? It means that sin only has power over men in this life. Outside of this life, sin no longer has any power. And so even individuals who have died and gone to hell have been freed from sin. For the scripture is very plain. He who has died has been freed from sin. You say, oh, I thought people in hell continue in sin. That's not the case at all. People do not continue in sin. There is no sin in hell. As there is no sin in heaven, neither is there any sin in hell. Now that is a, a truth that a lot of uh, Christians find very strange and hard to understand. But in hell, there is only remorse for sin. And so those who are there are weeping and gnashing their teeth because of the sin that they have committed in this life. They're not continuing in sin in hell. So they're not blaspheming God and they're not doing all sorts of weird things, continuing in sin against God. Not at all. In that place, they're in torment and they are remorseful for the sins that they committed in this life. They are no longer continuing in sin. If you read the account in Luke 16, verse 23 to 31, a lot of people think that that is an account, that's, an, that's a parable that our Lord taught. It is not a parable. It is, our Lord said, there was a certain man, and he spoke about Lazarus. Um, it was an actual account of an individual that was in, sent down to hell. And in hell, we see him in torment, and we see how remorseful he is for the sin that he has committed while he was in this life, and how concerned he is for his, his brothers, I think there were five of them, that they do not end up in the same place that he's in. 
And so very clearly he was not continuing in sin down there and blaspheming and cursing God. Not at all. He was completely remorseful and he was concerned that no one else should follow him to that same location. And so sin has no power over those outside of this life. It is only in this life that uh, sin has power and dominion over mankind. Now, on the day of judgment, the scripture also very plainly tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.10 that both believers and unbelievers alike will be held to account for that which was done in the body. So both good and evil, that which was done in the body. What does that mean? It means while we're in this life. And so outside of this life, those who die are free from sin. Sin no longer has any power over them. Now, those in heaven obviously walk in righteousness. Those in hell obviously are tormented uh, for the sins that they committed in this life. But now getting back to, and so you need to understand that truth very clearly, that there is, all who die are freed from sin. Sin only has power over, over mankind in this life. Now, in Jesus, we have died in him for We'll have a look at the, the in more depth when we, we discuss how we've been redeemed from death. But God has placed all believers into Christ and we've died with him. And so because Jesus died to sin, let's go back to look at that passage of scripture. It says um, for the, in verse 10, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. So when we are in Christ, when believers are in Christ, we too have died to sin and thus we have been set free from sin and so it's very possible and it's, and it's 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 the gospel that believers actually in this life are able to walk free from sin why because they have died with christ and so they've been freed from sin sin no longer has dominion over believers and it's a truth that we need to learn and understand and meditate on um, and so that's one of the other aspects with regards to what Jesus did for the believers when he went to the cross. He freed them from sin. Now it's not taught very clearly in the church. And so a lot of Christians still confess over their lives, we're just sinners saved by grace. And so they confess that they're sinners. And their belief is they will only be free from sin when they physically die and go to heaven which is true, they will be free from sin, but they can be free from sin in this life. Why? Because they're in Christ, and Christ has died to sin uh, for all. And so because he died to sin, he died to my sin, and I'm in Christ, I've died to sin, I can also exercise that freedom by faith, walking in it by faith. It's the truth that uh, is very clear in Scripture. But there's more to it as to what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us. And we pick it up in Psalm 88, verse 4 to 7. This is now Lord Jesus Christ speaking around the, what transpired when he died on the cross. The scripture says, I'm a, I am counted with those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, talking about the Father, who are cut off from your hand. You, talking about the Father, have laid me, Jesus, in the lowest pit, in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath, God's wrath, lies heavily upon me, Jesus, and you have afflicted me with all your waves, Selah. 
And so our Lord Jesus, when he died on the cross, his suffering did not end there, although that suffering was absolutely phenomenal. Scripture says in uh, Isaiah, I think it's 59, that he was marred more than any man. So our Lord really uh, went through an absolute Torah time when he went to the cross. But his suffering did not end there. He then descended into the lowest pit of hell, where for three days and three nights, Jesus Christ suffered the wrath of God for the sin of the whole world. And, you know, Jesus, when he was on the earth, Matthew 12, 40, told us that as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the, of the earth. And so Hebrews 2, 2 says that no sin can go unaccounted for. for God is righteous and every sin has to be accounted for. Uh, God doesn't push anything under the rug. Uh, everything has to be accounted for. And so when Jesus took upon himself the sin of the world, he died to sin. And so he was now freed from sin. But he did what the man showed to us in the, the teaching that the Lord gave us in Luke 16. Um, that man who went down into hell and suffered torment in flames, in hell. Jesus then also now went down into the lowest pit of hell. And he suffered in torment for three days and for three nights for the sin of all of mankind. Every sin, every transgression committed, because all sin is sins against God. And so every transgression committed against God from Adam until the end of the age when our Lord returns to the earth, every sin had to be accounted for. And so Jesus Christ went down into the lowest pit of the earth and for three days and for three nights, he incurred the wrath of God for the sin of the whole world. And that's the truth that we also need to understand very clearly, that it's only Jesus that has done that and can do it and did it. No other person can. That's why there's, no, there's salvation in no one else except Jesus. Jesus is the one who's done all of this. And so he went into the lowest pits of the earth and he suffered for every single uh, transgression. It had to be accounted for, and Jesus accounted for it. Now, at the end of three days and three nights, this is what happened. Romans chapter 4, verse 23 to 25. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also. Sorry, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up for our offenses, and was raised because of our justification. And so Jesus was delivered up into the lowest parts of the earth for our offenses, for three days and three nights. At the end of the three days and three nights, Jesus had now paid the price for the sin of the whole world. Every single transgression had been accounted for, except those two categories that we mentioned earlier. Every single sin had been accounted for. And because every sin had been accounted for, God the Father could now raise Jesus from the dead because mankind had now been justified. Uh, justice had been done. Because as I say, uh, the scripture is very plain. No sin can go unaccounted for, Hebrews 2.2. And so Jesus had to pay the price for every single one. He did that. At the end of that time, God said, that's it. Every sin has been accounted for. I can now raise my son from the dead. And he thus raised our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. 
Now, when Jesus was raised from the dead, there's another step that took place in this whole redemption of mankind. Now, again, you need to understand, salvation is only in Jesus. It's only Jesus that has done all of this and could have done all of this. Now, don't forget, Jesus, although he was made to be sin, uh, him who knew no sin was made to be sin without sin, that uh, he, we might become the righteousness of God, he had not committed any sin himself. And so he himself was righteous. And so God could then raise him from the dead because he was, uh, he was crucified illegally, but we're not going to get into that in any kind of depth today. I do a lot more in-depth teaching around that point on this, the series I do on the authority of the believer in the earth. But now God the Father raises Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now what Jesus does is he does this point in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 and 12. The scripture says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, remember we spoke about that earlier, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And so what Jesus did as the spotless Lamb of God, He was slain for our sins. God the Father placed the sin of the world on, a, on His Son. So it was like the high priest placing his hands on, the, on the, the goat. God the Father transferred the sin of the whole world onto His Son. His Son was slain. His Son then suffered in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights for all the sin of the whole world. At the end of that, when all of mankind, the sins have been paid for, Jesus then was raised from the dead and he took his own spotless blood into the holiest of all and he presented his blood as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. And that sacrifice was accepted by God. And thus, mankind has now, what has been made available to mankind is the cleansing of their sin, the forgiveness of their sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that blood is available to all of mankind. For Jesus died for the sin of the whole world and all the sin of the whole world was placed upon him except those two categories, don't forget. And he incurred the, the wrath of God for the sin of the whole world. He then ascended into heaven, into the holiest of all, presented his blood as the atoning sacrifice for the sin of the whole world. And so everyone, God, remember we said right at the outset of this teaching, God has made provision for all men to be saved. And it's through this mechanism that God, in fact, has done that. So when is the blood of the Lamb applied to those who are in Christ? Is it applied at the time when Jesus ascended? And so everybody was cleansed from their sin automatically? No, because we said no, there's these two... Um, types and shadows presented us to us in the Old Testament. The individual who knew about his sin had to do deal with it himself, and then the high priest dealt with all of these other sins uh, that he couldn't deal with himself. And so it is also with regards to um, having the blood of Christ cleanse us from our sins, we have to deal with it ourselves before the blood of Christ deals with all of our unknown sins. And we pick up this account in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 to 9. Um, Peter says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 
as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. In our verse 9, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. And so what Peter is saying to us here is you get Christians that instead of growing in the things of God, they backslide and they go back into the world and, and their lives are not uh, glorifying to God. And what Peter says here, when they do that, they lack the, the, the things that pertain to the things of God and they become short-sighted even to blindness and they forget that they were cleansed from their old sins. So when were they cleansed from their old sins? When they were born again. And so it's when we give our lives to Christ, when we deal with our known sin of denying Jesus and repenting of that, it is at that point that the blood of Christ, which was presented to God the Father over 2,000 years ago, um, Jesus has presented that blood. It is only at that point that the individual is then cleansed from all of his old sins. In other words, all sins that he's committed from the time that he was born up until the time that he accepts Jesus as Lord, all of those sins are cleansed. It says here, has forgotten that he's forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. And so that's exactly when the blood of Christ is applied to each individual. It's not applied automatically. And the whole world is now saved because Jesus has now presented his blood. No, Jesus, the whole world potentially can be saved because Jesus has presented his blood. But God requires that each one go and place their hand upon his son. And when they do that, then the blood of Christ is applied and they are washed from all of the old sins. So for every sin they've committed from the time they were born until the time that particular moment, they are then cleansed from all of those sins. Um, now for the believer, they, any sin that they commit after that time, they have to deal with it like John, 1 John 1, 9. If they know about it, they have to confess it and then they have to receive forgiveness for it. All the unknown sins and the unintentional sins they commit from that point on, from the time they're born again until the time they die, the blood of Christ automatically cleanses them from that sin. If they've dealt with the known sin. If they don't deal with the known sin, well then it remains. And the, the unknown sin also remains as well. With regards to unbelievers, if they do not deal with their known sin of denying Christ, well again, they are not cleansed from the, their old sins. Their sins remain. And so it's at the point of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and only at that point that the blood of Christ is applied to cleanse us from our sins. Not before. Uh, even though it's available, it, it is not applied until we place our hands on Jesus. And so Jesus also taught around the truth with regards to unbelievers, because again, you get a lot of weird teaching out there. It says, well, Jesus died for the sin of the whole world, so everybody's going to be saved. No, not at all. Jesus is very plain, plain about this on this truth. You have to place your hand upon the Son of Man. You have to confess Jesus as Lord if you're going to have your sins forgiven. In John 8, 24, Jesus speaking, he said, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. This is Jesus. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And then in John 9, 41, Jesus said again, Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. 
But now you say, we see, therefore your sin remains. And so for every unbeliever who refuses to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, their sin remains and they will die in their sins because they have not placed their hand on that spotless Lamb of God and transferred their sin of denying Jesus onto Him and thus be born again. And so that sin remains and they will die in their sins as Jesus said and um, they remain separated from God for all eternity. And so that's how Jesus has redeemed us from sin. In the next teaching, and then we'll close off this series, we're going to look at how Jesus has redeemed us from death as well, because that's also a very necessary part of our salvation. So we're going to end the teaching on that point. Today.